Hallelujah. Mm. Woo, that's hot. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's all stand for just a moment. There's always probably four or five times as many watching online, being participated in service. A lot of people still home. Esther is here. So I want to talk to you as one audience, not two, because we are one wherever we are. So wherever you're at in your home or wherever, stand up too and just get into the service with us. A little rainy and chilly this morning and it's kind of funny how we react when there's no sun and it's cloudy and gloomy, but we are in Kentucky. I want to tell you something today. I believe that this word today is a word of transformation that I want to give you. I believe it's a word that is going to build on what I've been speaking to you about. And if you're in a place of just meandering in your life or you feel stuck or you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, you, you just need this. You just need to pull in with me here. You just need to pull in and, and have and receive what God has for you today. So I want to pray right now and we're going to get going. Father, I just thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice today. Thank you that <clears throat> Satan is a liar and the father of it. I thank you that your anointing, your presence breaks every yoke, every handicap of the enemy, every tactic, every strategy. I thank you that no weapon formed against us can prosper. Stir up your spirit in us. Stir up your gifts in us. Stir up your prayer language in us right now, Father, that we can permeate our homes, our offices, our church, and Wherever we are today, we can permeate it with your presence. We give you glory. We give you praise because we're moving into the next season that you have for us, and we give you glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, all right, amen. You know, I was, Gabe, we've been in such an interesting time and season, uh, obviously, with what's going on here. Uh, you can probably give me just a little more monitor. I don't know how it is out there in the house, Lenny, but if you don't mind, give me a little more monitor out there in the house. It's really interesting how God prepared us over the last few years for what's going on now. And when he gave us the word, supernatural advancement through clarity, growth, and vitality. And we've seen each of us in this room, each of us watching today, so many has been a part of this vision. For the past three years, getting clarity for our lives, growing, advancing, moving forward, because if you're not growing, you're dying. And then vitality, many of us are getting our health where it needs to be, our attitude, our mind, and many of you are. And then God said this year, it would not only be supernatural advancement, but what he said would be a quantum leap advancement, and we would uh, nothing less than double. Last year, I prophesied from this pulpit about New businesses started. I think there's well over 40 new businesses started last year in 2019 out of this house. Give God a shout for that. <clears throat> there's quite a few that are very successful. But God said that's just a small beginning because he wants you to have an entrepreneur spirit in whatever you're in, whether it's your career, your business, your home life, to be creative, to be a Joseph, to advance. Then we said nothing less than double this year because we just celebrated our 20th year as a church plant, Bethel Harvest Church. And in that, in that, God said, I'm going to be releasing to you Bethel 2.0. And there's been so many things going on in my spirit about it. I, I can't wait to, to, to present it to you, but I'm still letting it permeate. And I wanted to do it today, and God said, no, you still got to follow up on this other thing. Because I still have to deal with what's going on around us. I still have to deal with what's going on in current affairs. Because you got to live out there. You're not living in here, right? you got to live out there. So, so i got to speak things that's really relevant to that. And when God releases me, I'll, I'll, I'll tear into that. But I'll tell you, the key of it is, is difference making. You might as well get that in your spirit, your heart. God has called every believer to be a difference maker. Making a difference wherever you are, in any situation, with any people you're around, to be a difference maker. <clears throat> What's a difference maker? It's a person, what? Who, who lives the gospel 
every day, every way, who lives the gospel, lives it out loud, who gives to the needy and helps the hurting and wounded and prays for the lost and prays for those that are in need. That's a support, that's a comfort. That's not an accuser, but someone that's encouraging and lifting up. So we're going to be getting into that. Now, I think it's going to really amaze you what God has for you. But as we've been on this growth journey, I gave you a, a word last week. And that word, I'm going to, I'm going to get back into it today because I want, to, I want to follow up on it because I believe it's so relevant. And as you know, nine months ago, I gave you a word about politics. And uh, I gave you two weeks ago, I followed up on it with politics number three. Um, and what are we supposed to do? If we disagree politically or over anything, really, what are we supposed to do? Love unconditionally and do what? Pray for unity. And that works in our family. That works in our business. It definitely works in our churches. It works where we are. It even works in politics. That we're here, even if we disagree, what do we do? We love with no conditions, unconditionally, and we pray for unity. Last week, I gave you a thought, and I felt I had a lot of people tell me it resonated, and a lot of people online let me know. A lot of people was in the room. And I wanted to just kind of follow up this week with it, and it's really talking about being, going through, because through is important. And, and really, the name of the message is disorientation and the plan of God. Disorient, when we are disoriented. Here's what I want you to realize. The Lord asked you and I this question. This is a question he's asking us in everything he does and everything he says. Will you allow me, God, to give you perspective for your life? Ooh. God's saying to every one of us, will you allow me, Abba, Daddy, will you allow me, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, will you allow me, your Father, your God, will you allow me to set the perspective of your life. What is your perspective? It's, it's your paradigm. It's how you see things. It's how you perceive things. It's how you process information. It's how you process events that happen in your life, good events and bad events. It's a process. And what I want you to realize is you, 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 will, you will begin, you will believe what you perceive. Your perception is your reality. Have you ever believed something so strongly and you just perceived it's true, it's true, it's true? It could be about you, someone else, or a business, or even a church or whatever. But then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of found out it wasn't really just like you thought it was. You may have thought it was a little worse than it was or a little better than it was. And then the reality clicks in. you got a new perspective, a new, you begin to perceive it in a new way. Because we say around here, if you're not growing, you're dying. And that's the key in life. No matter what you're doing in life, you want to grow, you want to advance, you want to move forward. And then things just begin to add up in your favor. But I want you to know, stuff happens. COVID happens. Elections happen. Violence, racism, things like that happen. And the key is, how do we process it as men and women of God? How do we process it as sons and daughters of God? How do we turn it in the favor of God? How do we bring turnaround in people's lives? Because remember the third option message I preached to you a couple of months ago. All Satan wants you to do is choose a side. Liberal or conservative. Black or white. Police or no police. He just wants you to choose a side. Because if he can get us to choose a side, he wins. But we got to live by the third option, not by the way we perceive things or the way the media perceives things or the way politicians perceive things or groups perceive things or anything like that. We must operate according to the perception that God downloads to us and live that out loud. So last week I shared this with you based on that question, will you allow God to give you the perspective on your life, and it's really about three classical movements or classic movements or three seasons that happen in our life over and over. And sometimes season one or two, they could last a week or a month or a year or 10 years. Some people stay in certain seasons because they don't know how to advance out of them. What are those three seasons? Those three seasons are, uh, are uh, uh, three seasons. Oh, orientation. Whenever I'm oriented in a matter, 
That means I feel peace. I feel secure. I'm comfortable with that situation. It, it, it could also be, uh, well, and then disorientation. Disorientation is when I'm in a place of unsettledness. I'm not comfortable. I don't feel confident. I, I, I feel like I don't have the answers, or I feel like I'm not being heard, or I'm not understanding. And then the third one is reorientation, when you come through the disorientation, and now you're moving into orientation. God's reorienting you. But when he reorients you into anything, a relationship, a career, a ministry, whatever it is, when he reorient, reorient, reorientates you in it, guess what? It's going to be different than it was the first time you felt oriented in it. And we could also use the words like, for oriented means like, when I'm oriented to something, that means I'm in alignment, you know? When your spine's in alignment, your life's in alignment, your career, your family's in alignment. But, but dis, when we're disoriented, that, that means we're out of alignment, we're misaligned. That means things are just not adding up. So you might be living in orientation in your family, but disoriented in your spiritual life or disoriented in your career. So whether we're living in alignment or misalignment, but then, then when you're coming back and being reoriented, what's that mean? You're realigning. So in our life spiritually, as you look at it, that's three principles that we constantly go in and out of with God. I mean, think about the children of Israel, right? The children of Israel, how did it flow for them? I mean, here they are, you know, the children of Israel, taken into captive, right? <laughs> Egyptians captured them. They live in slavery for 400 years. And then all of a sudden, God brings Moses on the scene, and what's he do? He takes them out of captivity. At that point, they're like, man, we're, we, we, we're no longer living in disalignment, out of God's order, out of God's place, out of God's best. And they're going through the desert thinking, this is it. But somewhere along the way, God had a plan for them to go right into the promised land. It was only like a, a, a two-month journey or something like that to go into the promised land. But right as they get up to it, they lost faith, and they reverted back to that, that, that fear mentality, afraid to step over and afraid to believe God's word and God's prophets. And what happened? They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and fought battles and fights that they had no reason to even fight until an entire generation died off and God had to let that entire generation die off because they refused to become oriented they refused to, <clears throat> to come into alignment with the father and his will you see that's why he says will you let me establish your perception will you let me establish how you perceive to be a man, how you perceive to be a woman, how you perceive to be a parent, how you perceive to be a son or daughter, how you perceive to be a minister of the gospel, how you perceive to be a career person, or, or, or how you perceive being an entrepreneur or business owner. He said, however that is, you've got to get in alignment with me. Because if you're not in alignment with me, you're out of alignment. See, it's one thing to be out of alignment with what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with COVID. So every one of us probably are dealing with a lot of disalignment right now, disorientation, and we're trying to navigate something we've never dealt with. But we want to talk about that. Let me read you these scriptures I read you last week, and then I got some more for you. Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 5. It says, but now, this is what the Lord your Creator says, O Jacob, and he who forms you, O Israel, do not fear. I have redeemed you from captivity. I have called you by name, you are mine, and when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass, and I will be with you, and when you go through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given you Egypt. I have given Egypt to the Babylonians. In other words, he said, I'm taking those that, that held you in bondage for 400 years, and now they're becoming slaves. I'm turning it around on them. And he says, and now they're, captured by the Babylonians, ask your ransom. In other words, they're paying a price for coming against God's children. Cush, ancient Ethiopia, Saba, it's providence in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight. Say, it, say this to me, I am precious in his sight. Say it with me, where you're at home, where I am precious in his sight. 
See, you can feel like people talk down to you and, and, and ignore you, but you got to realize no one talks to you more than you. Amen? Sometimes you just got to talk out loud to yourself. He says, you are honored and I love you. Man, I bet they didn't feel honored when they were in slavery for 400 years. I bet they didn't feel like God loved them when they're wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. But see what God's saying, even though you were disoriented, even though you were in trial, stress, even though you were in pressure, even though you were going through the fire, going through the river, you were still precious to me. I still loved you. Now, here's what's crazy. You could be in a situation that's disorientation, just like COVID going on right now, right? And it interrupts living, it interrupts life. But you got to make a decision. Are you going to live oriented in alignment with God? Or are you just going to flow with it and be, be like the children of Israel did many times in Egypt and just flow with being in slavery? So you've got to make a decision. Am I going to align with God or my circumstances? Am I going to align with the facts or the truth? You see, that's what brings you from one stage to the next and how you can break stages off your life if you find yourself in, an, in disorientation. But remember the little story I told you last week in 1981? The billionaire, uh, I think his name was Ed Bass, but the billionaire that, that put this science project on and, and, and they built this huge glass thing. It cost hundreds of millions of dollars in the 80s. And they had scientists from eight different nations and they were creating a, a new world with a new environment and it was huge. And in it, what did it have? It had trees growing. It had plants. They had animals. They had insects and birds and everyone was amazed how beautiful the grass was and how beautiful the flowers and the trees were and how the animals grew so strong and healthy and everything just seemed to be amazing until a number of years went by and before the trees could ever get to the point that they could actually produce a harvest some kind of fruit or something like that or bloom or blossom they said the weight of the tree broke itself and they would just snap and they couldn't understand. Animals are growing, all this stuff. Said, Why? Why are the trees not strong? And it's like they'd just fall over. The roots would just come out of the ground. They'd just fall over. Or they'd snap in two. And when they began to study it further, what they found out, the thing that makes a tree strong is the headwinds or the winds of adversity. Because when they're a little seedling, they start, the wind starts hitting them and they start getting flexible and stronger. And the, more, the larger they get, they're going through all these storms, all these headwinds and adversities. They get stronger and stronger. And some of the most flexible and strong trees I told you last week are what? Palm trees, right? In the tropical areas, they get the hurricanes and the big storms, and they're just about to fold over, and you'll see yachts turned upside down and roofs blown off. But those palm trees will be just standing strong because they've been through some stuff. So the way God strengthens you, the way God fortifies you, the way God solidifies you is allowing you to go through headwinds and allowing me to have some adversity in our life. Because when we have adversity, it deals with our inner person. When we have adversity, we got to find out in whom we really believe. He's never going to create a world where you don't need him. I mean, think about it. If you went to the movie and it's like supposed to be this big hit, this amazing movie, and you go over to your friends and you put your money down and you go, and it starts off and it's awesome. It's about this guy. He's handsome. He's brilliant. He's wealthy. He's just doing good everywhere. In the middle of a movie, he's still awesome. He's still handsome. He's still doing good. And at the end of the movie, he ends. He's awesome. He's handsome. And he was doing great. And you're like, wait a minute. I wasted my money. Because what did you do? You came to see someone go through some adversity and come out the other side, didn't you? Right? We all want variety. We all want some uncertainty in our life. Because that's what produces dependence on God. That's what, that's what stirs up in you things you didn't know were in you. Have you ever been in a situation where you stood up to someone or stood up to a situation and it, it scared you after it's over? You're like, oh, man, I can't believe I could have got hurt. I should have kept my, but I, I did what was right. But, oh, mercy, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that, right? Uh, wave at me if that's you out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what does that mean? When the pressure comes on you, you're going to find out who or what is in you. When the trials hit you, you'll find out how much heat you can handle. But be of good courage. Just because the gold melts doesn't mean it disappears. It can be reoriented. It can be reshaped. It can be reformed. 
And that's the way it is with you and I today. we got to realize no matter what we're going through, through is important. Because every time you make it through, you're stronger on the other side. You might be a little tired for a short time. You, you might take a little bit of recuperation, but you'll remember what it was like to come through some stuff, right? <clears throat> so, look, drop down to verse 18. It says, do not remember the former things or ponder on the things of the past. Listen carefully, God said. I'm about to do a new thing. Hmm. So when you're in orientation and you go into disorientation, you're in alignment and go into uh, out of alignment or unaligned, what happens is you're, you're just uncomfortable. It could be pressure in your body. It could be sickness. It could be a loss of a loved one. It could be a situation where tragically a marriage breaks up. It could be something your child is addicted or you're dealing with addiction. It's not only the things we see in the news and media. We see a lot of the tragedy with all the, the stuff we're dealing with in our country with, 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 with the injustice toward race and the injustice toward so many things and all the attacks even on the police officers and all the attacks and everybody's picking sides instead of everybody come together. Let's see what we can do to heal. Let's see what we can do to get better and to be better for one another. Let's see what we can do to feel each other's pain and, but also to love and trust one another to lead each other out because everybody has a little bit of something we need to get to the next side. So it's up to us to do that. But, but what I want you to realize is whenever you're going through this and God's about to do a new thing, <clears throat> sometimes when he's doing something really great in your life, it's, it's the worst time in your life. You don't even think you're going to make it. But somehow you make it and all of a sudden it's like he advances you to a whole new realm. He, he's preparing you for this new thing. I mean, when I was running around INS, Kentucky and, you know, partying and wrecking cars and being an idiot, then living like, you know, holding a flag for the county and before I went back to school, before I started a business and all that, it was embarrassing. It, it was crazy. And then, then what happened when I got into business and I gave my life to Christ, I got into business after that and God started blessing me. Man, it was like I was reoriented. I was just living the dream, man. I could tell you I had some cool stuff, a cool house. I'm 23. I had all kinds of cool stuff. So I, I'm, to me, I had about a six-year run, about a five-year run. It was amazing, oriented. But see, God doesn't move quickly. God moves suddenly, right? But I also want you to realize, even though God may not be causing the pain or pressure on you, but when he sets back, Satan doesn't move quickly all the time. He moves suddenly as well. Situations that don't even involve Satan or God sometimes just happen because of environment or the, the careers or ministries or whatever. And, and if we don't readjust and realign, we'll stay in unalignment. We'll stay disoriented, discomfort. And we'll get locked into a mode. And we won't break through depression. We won't break through the addiction. We won't break through the fear. We won't break through the intimidation. And, and we'll be remembering what it used to be like. And, you know, when you think about something good in the past, now it's great because you, don't, you forget all the stuff it took you to get that thing that good, right? And then when it's bad, it's worse than it ever could be because you've just kind of rehearsed it over and over in your mind. Says, but, she said, but I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will what? Spring forth. And he said this. He asked us a question. Will you not be aware of it? I mean, I've had some pretty intense lessons. I've had some really intense lessons of being in slavery for 400 years, <clears throat> coming out of the wilderness, going across the Red Sea at parts, you know, then having, you know, being fed by, you know, led by the fire at night in the desert and then had the, 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 the food during the day, the manna, and then the pheasants and all that during the day. Whatever kind of bird it was. It's pretty cool. Then they get right to the promised land and they chicken out. They, they back out because they're looking at the circumstances instead of they were looking at how they perceived themselves against the giants instead of how God perceived them over the giants. You see, there, there's some battles you're in right now. You're bigger than that fight. There's some mess and some troubles you're in. You're bigger than that. God put stuff in you so deep and so strong, you just haven't let it spring forth. You just hadn't let the living waters come out of you yet. You, you just haven't pressed in. You're so concerned about what's out there that, that, that you just kind of 
hiding out. You're just intimidated. But I want you to know, God said, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. He said, greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. This is your time to shine. This is your time to rise up. Say, rise up for me. Say, rise up. See, you got, you got to learn to talk to yourself. You, sometimes I'll just talk out loud. People think I'm crazy. I say, I'm sick and tired of that. That's crazy. You're crazy. You're stupid. I, I don't agree with that. And who you talk to myself? Because your mind is not who you are. You are a spirit. You have a soul. God gave you a soul, which is your decision-making resources, your mind, will, and emotions, and it all lives in a body. So, so what you got to realize is, that's what Romans 12 is talking about, right? Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. To prove what is God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. What is that? What he's saying is, it's up to us to speak to our mind. It's up to us to fill our heart with the things that we know what to say to our mind and how to control our mind. Because wherever your focus goes, your energy flows. And if all you're thinking about is what's broken, what's missing, what's bad, what, what probably won't happen or what could happen, that's the kind of energy. If all you're thinking about is how bad it's been, and man, here I go again, I just got on my feet, and now I'm laid off again. Here I go again. I thought this was the one, and she's walking out just like the last one did. And all of a sudden, what's the body language like? When you're, when you're battling emotional distress and you can't see hope, depression is when you're hopeless. And if you want to break depression, you've got to start focusing on things you hope for. Because hope is the kickstart for faith, right? And it's up to you and I to determine you control what your mind focuses on. You control what your mind thinks about. Now, now we, the Bible says cast down vain imaginations. But here's the key. If you don't, you can cast them down, but you've got to replace them with the right imagination, the image. You've got to replace it with the right thoughts and the right perception and God's perception about you. Even if you don't have the confidence to believe that, that, that you're the head and not the tail, you, you just accept what God said about you. Is this helping anyone? He said, he said now when this happens, this new thing, will you be aware of? Have you ever been in a situation where you really need a breakthrough or a blessing and, and some good things happened, but you didn't pay attention to them because you were still trying to do it your way and fix whatever this other thing was or that other situation was? And then a, a year or several years later, you look and said, wow, if I'd went that direction or made that deal or was in that relationship, look how great it could have been, but I still went by what I perceived and I'm still disoriented. I'm still out of alignment. I'm still in a mess right now. I'm tired. I mean, I was, we, we were in a battle here at the church for 10 years over a couple things. Not everything. There was a couple things that the church battled for 10 years. And it was just wearing me out and wearing Pastor Steph out. But it finally broke. You know what? It could have broke the first month or the first year if we had got the lesson God wanted us to have. See, what I want you to realize is when you're disoriented, the only way to become oriented is take on how God sees you, how God perceives you. And when you do that, you have the moral and spiritual authority to supernaturally advance. Amen? So he says, <clears throat> will you not be aware of it? He said, I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers, rivers in the desert. He said, if I have to, when you perceive correctly, when you become aware of the work I'm doing in you and I want to do through you, when you realize you are a difference maker wherever you are, when you realize that people will go to heaven instead of hell because they know you, when you realize a widow is going to be fed because they know you, when you know an orphan is going to be taken care of because they know you, why? Because you're a difference maker. You're one that's aware of what God's doing. You're one that's aware of what God's saying. It may not even seem normal. I could tell you so many stories, and sometimes you hear Pastor Steph laugh about them up here on the platform about things God told me to do and not do, and in the middle of the night, wake me up. And, and you know, and, and, and it's crazy. And, and, and people say, you're crazy, but then it turned out right. There was other times I had the best plan ever. I knew it was going to work, and I pushed it, and God's tapped me on the shoulder. It's not the time, or this is not the way. And I kept pushing it for a year or two, and go, oh, that's a wasted, wasted year. Until I had to take it as a lesson and learn. So what I want you to realize is God will change the landscape for you. 
He said, when I'll put, look, when he'll put a river through a desert, that means he'll interrupt even physical circumstances. He'll change the landscape. He'll change the physical circumstances in your life where there's a drought, where it's dry, where there's no presence, where there's no power, where there's no spirit. He said, if you would just be aware of me and allow me to speak to you, allow me to intervene on your behalf, allow me to move into your situation or circumstance. He said, then what's going to happen is you're going to become a river of living water and it's going to flow through you. So as we look at this, and this, this, this word I'm giving you based on these Three key things, these three key flows that happen in our life that we live, this cycle that we live constantly in our life. Orientation, what is that? Orientation is living in clarity, living with certainty, living in peace and security. And, you know, it doesn't mean you don't have some problems and some troubles, but overall, man, most of the time you just feel secure. You feel like I'm in the right flow. This is good. That's good. That's alignment. That's when you're aligned. What's it mean? I'm aligned with myself with others, and with God. But then you got disorientation, which is what? It's misalignment. That's when you're living in a season feeling dislocated. You're feeling like life was good, but all of a sudden it just changed. And now, how did I just go from this to that? I mean, think of all the business owners that's had many, even some in here, you've had to close your business because of COVID. And you're like, man, it was going good. We're having the best year ever. And then just overnight, like within a month, everything's done. Or three months, it's over. For 10 years, I worked for that. And now look at it. Just think about that, how suddenly things can change. And if you don't have what it takes, if you're not growing, if you're just living and doing off your past experience with God, off your past revelation of God, off your past understanding of God, when the real pressure hits, you won't be equipped. And you have to be like the children of Israel take another lap they had to take 40 laps before they finally moved through well what happened what happened to the children of israel well they're over there they're going around and god wasn't even going to let moses lead them into the promised land and they didn't expect it but all of a sudden what happened a tragedy moses died and god hid his body because he knew they would just stay there and worship wherever they buried him he was such a great man in their eyes god loved him but he didn't love him more than everyone else together and he didn't love more than his mission and his plan and they immediately appointed joshua when they appointed joshua within a week they're going over across the river and they win the battle and they take jericho and they moved in now there's still fights and battles in the promised land but boy when you got momentum and good stuff's happened and you're reaping even though you're putting the pain out and the sweat out that's okay but it's when you're putting the pain out and the sweat out and you're not reaping that stinks can anybody say amen to that so disorientation is living in that season feeling dislocated, not heard, not understood, overwhelmed, confused, not having clarity. And then what's the other one? Reorientation. Man, when you, when you come back into a season, you may be not where you were in orientation before disorientation hit, but being reoriented, you feel the momentum and you're catching up quick. Or maybe you just advance beyond that overnight or within a week or a month what you ever were before. It can be different ways, but you, can, you know when you're in reorientation, don't you? You know when you're in reorientation, you're, you feel like you're back. You feel like you got clarity again. You don't have all the answers, but you got clarity of your direction. you got clarity of your purpose. You're, you're not going to give up on the fight. You're in the fight. You see the battle. You see the enemy. You perceive yourself the way God perceives you, so you're not afraid of anything or anyone. That's being what? reoriented that's being what realigned move back in to god's plan so here's another question for you <clears throat> if you are living in disorientation which most people are right now just because they're not aware or we're not aware of how to deal with what we're dealing with <clears throat> excuse me if you're living in disorientation right now here's a question <clears throat> What's God doing in your life during a season of disorientation? What's God doing in your life when all hell comes against you? What's God doing in your life when you get a bad diagnosis, loss of a loved one? What's God doing in your life when you're the one that you had to close your business or you're the one that had to let your vehicles go back because you're laid off? What's it like then when people in your own church turn their back on you, when your friend you know, lies on you, when your spouse leaves you, or your kids don't want to be around you? Then how are you going to handle it? How are you going to deal with it? You know what you got to do? Repent quickly. 
And stop making excuses, number one. And then what do you do, number two? You got to allow and seek. I mean, you got to seek, what am I supposed to learn? I want to learn this lesson. I know my mama used to say it. I want to learn that lesson because I don't want to take that lab again. That was not fun. And, and that's it, man. No pain, no gain, yeah. But too much pain is stupid, right? I mean, Rocky should have won in the first round, not the 15th. He'd been a lot better looking, right? You know what I'm saying? Won't you learn it in the, win it in the first round? Won't you win it in the second? Why wait to the 15th round? Why wait till your brains are beat out? Why, why wait till your home is split? Why wait till you don't even have health to enjoy the financial comfort God has for you? Why, why, why wait until that ministry opportunity, the opportunity to serve, to give food, to feed the naked, uh, clothe the naked, and feed the hungry? That, that opportunity, you had to make a difference in a young boy's life that doesn't have a father, and you're an uncle or a friend of the family. What, what about when that time's passed, and they're in jail, or they're addicted because you didn't make a difference when God told you? I wonder if it's a quiet, as quiet in your living room as it is in this church right now. Because we're still one. I wonder what God's saying to you. I wonder if you can relocate where you are right now. But wherever you're at is okay. You just need to be aware of it. Because once you're aware of it, transformation can take place. Once you're aware of it, things can change and move in your favor. But you've got to be aware of it. And how am I going to be aware? When I'm aware of something and I perceive it correctly, then, then what am I doing? At that point, at that point, uh, I'm beginning to understand God. I mean, I have to tell you, there was, time, there was a time in my life I got so mad at God, I went out in the woods and cussed. Steph told me, it was like back when all this stuff happened, my mom died and the church was in financial difficulty, the economy crashed, business owners in the church losing their business. It was horrible two or three years. And, Man, I'll never forget, you know, betrayed by people, betrayed by staff. Not all, but one or two. That really hurt me, though. You know, I, I wasn't handling it the way I should have handled it. It wasn't people's fault. It was the way I handled what was happening, right? Because people are people, just like I unintentionally hurt people sometimes. We all do. So I'm not putting it on other people. I'm taking ownership of it. But I found myself in a bad, bad place where I just drive to church, work all day, six days, whatever it took a week. Seven, if it had to, Steph and I just worked. We drove from church to house, church to house. No hobbies or nothing for several years. No vacations hardly at all. And I was miserable. And I would just barely get up enough spiritual strength to preach the word, teach the word, and then just kind of go home, come back, get up with spiritual strength. To, I'd look at the property and go, oh, man, was this you, God? And he always said, not, didn't say nothing when I said that. And other times he said, yeah, dummy, what do you think? But at the time, it didn't feel like it was. Is this the way it's going to be forever? Is this the way, way it's going to end? What's that saying? Hopeless. Don't, 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 don't really feel I got a way out of this thing. I don't really feel I can push through it. It's bigger than me. But see, the wrong, that's the wrong perception. The perception is you don't measure it to you. Get this. It'll change your life. You measure it to God because whatever you're dealing with is not bigger than God. But when you take it on and you measure it according to is it bigger than you, guess what? It probably is. But it don't have to be. Because you're not coming in your strength. You're not coming in your might. You're coming by the Spirit of the Lord. And when you come to the Spirit of the Lord, all things are possible to who? Them who believe. Not them who believe that they can't make it, probably won't make it. I've made it for a while. Something's going to blow up. But I finally, Steph, like her mom and dad were out of town on vacation, and, and, and they have, like, at that time, a 15-acre farm and nice home. She said, just go up there and stay and take some books and stuff and read and listen. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't want to say it to her, but in my heart, I felt like God's not been saying a lot to Dalton lately. He couldn't because he couldn't get a word in because Dalton's mouth was running and complaining. And I wasn't saying it out loud, but in my heart and in my mind, I'm like, this is it. We came here, we gave, come on, God, is this it? And I'll never forget, got up there for about two days, and nothing happened. I'd try to read, I'd try to listen to Christian TV, I'd try to listen at that time, you listen to, you know, CDs and stuff, you didn't have the cool stuff you have now. And finally, I just got mad, I threw my, Steph called me and said, how's it going? I don't want to talk about it right now, call me later. <laughs> she knew it wasn't going good. 
<clears throat> so as I, got, I threw the, my journal down, pushed my Bible aside, I said, I'm going to take a walk. And I went out in the woods, and all of a sudden, when Dalton shut up, not just my mouth running, but my spirit, it's like, it's like taking that little three-year-old holding a tantrum, and, you know, you can't beat him, you go to jail. You might spank him, but you can't beat him, right? So what do you got to do? You just got to hold them until they get so tired, they either fall asleep or they're ready to be talked to. And that's the way it was with me. Now, I'll never forget, the Holy Spirit said, you mad at me? God said, you mad at me? I'm praying, I'm trying to pray in my prayer language and everything else. Well, that must be from the devil. I cast that thought out. Are you mad at me? Are you, are you mad at me, Dalton? You, you mad? That's the way he talks to me, Dalton. Dalton, you mad at me? Son, you mad at me? And I said a curse word. Yes, I am. I am P off. Except I said the real word. I, I didn't want to say it again because people quit the church that day I said it. So I don't, if you're a little immature, you know, if you're a little immature, it's not worth you quitting the church because I say that word, even though you say worse than that. But anyway. In front of your kids. But anyway, the kids that you don't want their virgin ears to hear. Did y'all get that at home? Be nice at home now. So. And he said, why? I said, because you let my mother die. She didn't have to die. She was healed of cancer. And then five years later, she dies of cancer. You let my mother die. Yes, I am mad at you. And when I said that, it's like it just a river come out. It was just like <clears throat> opening my heart and a flood, like they say in eastern Kentucky, a gully washer. The gully was washed out, the ditch, and it, all of a sudden I just fell down and wept, but I felt his arms come around and, and his love. But even though I was angry at him, he still loved me. He, st he never left me, never forsake me, never even judged me. He just loved me. He wanted to get through to my thick skull. But I was letting all the stuff that was happening or wasn't happening, I let all that stuff be the water marker instead of what I knew about God. And it changed me forever. And ever since then, I've been on a totally different trajectory and journey. And the goals I have in my life are so different than what they were back then. I can tell you some of the goals I had, you say, you were crazy. They thought we were crazy moving in this in five years too. But I had some goals, and I just threw them aside. I didn't even desire them anymore. I'm just, day by day, what do you want, God? Yeah, I lay goals. I lay plans out, but it's still, what do you want, Daddy? I, I hear that voice a lot quicker now than I used to. Because when things are going real good, you can say it's God. But is it? And it's not that he wants to limit what you have. He just wants to limit what you can't handle. That's what he wants to limit. He just wants to limit what you can't handle because he does not want you to self-destruct. And I was on the verge of self-destruction. And it changed me forever. And it helped me to love better and love more and listen more and care more. I mean, I'm still really way beyond not perfect, <laughs> as you know. But I'm a work in progress. And I'm a whole lot better than I was before. So I encourage you today. What's God doing? So God was doing a deep work in my life for about three years that I didn't understand, and I was angry, and I was depressed, and I was, I didn't understand it. I didn't even have, it was several years later when I got a language for it, when my mentor, Dr. John Walker, gave me a language for it. But at the time, I didn't understand it. What is it in your life that you don't feel understood over? You know, being a pastor, and you go to a funeral, and you can see families and how they interact, and then you would think a family's so close, but then you start talking to them, and you see the anger, the hurt build up in family members. You go, wow, why didn't you just fix that before they passed? And some people, some of you, your family's been passed for decades, and you're still angry, and you still haven't let them go, and you still haven't forgiven. You're not going to pass the test. You're not going to be happy. You're not, you're not going to get back into alignment. See, that's where we're going to be, realigned. Realigned with how he perceives we should be. See, people say character is holiness. It's not. Holiness is separate. It's other. It's God. Character is not right and wrong. Character from its original term, I think it came from the Latin, but whatever, wherever the word originally came from, digging it out, I discovered that it means a structure well built. 
It's really talking about building buildings or, or high-rise. It's talking about building structures from the foundation up. So it means it's a character of something, the strength of it, how well it's built. And that's what God's talking about when he's talking about character in our life, not talking about you don't make mistakes or mess up. He's talking about build a strong structure so when you miss it, you can get over it quickly and get back to my business. He don't want us wandering around for 40 years. He don't want us wandering around in our marriage and wandering around when our kids are growing up and later on we're spending the rest of our life trying to fix what we messed up when they were kids. He didn't call you to be a wanderer. He called you to be a champion. He called you to be a winner. He called you to be on top. That doesn't mean that you're not going to lose some fights, but you're not going to lose the war. That doesn't mean you're not going to lose some battles because here's what, here's where your strongest anointing is. Whatever the greatest hurt you had to live through and overcome, that's your ministry. That's your ministry. I, I know some of you, quite a few of you that came through addiction and you're always willing to minister to someone that's been addicted. I know many of you have been through divorce and you're always, you've got a good marriage or you're healthy or whatever now, and, and, and I want you, I really love it when you can also minister to people that's having marital problems because you see it from a direction I don't, right? You see it from a situation I don't or other people on the staff don't maybe. So what you got to realize is whatever you were healed of becomes your healing ministry. And that's what God wants to do with you. He wants you to be a healer. He wants to save people through you. He wants to heal people through you. He, he wants to deliver people through you. He, he said, I can't even clothe the naked without you. I can't even give a, a drink of water in my name without someone giving the water to someone. How do you perceive yourself? You see, you, you don't just grow by doing good and being good. How you grow, God grows us through the experiences we commit to him. See, I, I'm a firm believer in the John 10, 10 line. Jesus said it like this, Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I, Jesus, have come to what? Give life and give it more abundantly. Devil bad, God good. So you're going to have experiences and face death and face sickness and face heartbreak and face betrayal and face financial calamities and face work calamities and business calamities and relationships broken up and ministries failing and ministries doing this. You're going to face that stuff. But the key is, can you commit that experience to God? Or are you still owning it yourself? I blew that relationship with my son or daughter. I blew that relationship, you know, with my spouse. I blew that relationship with those friends. I, I blew our financial security. I blew this. I blew. Wait a minute. Just let I die and commit it to the Father. Because his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. And if you're still carrying the yoke of the past, if you're still carrying the burden of the past, you're nothing but a plow ox. A mule, plow, mule, ox, either one. And you're yoked down, and you're pulling all of yesterday, and last year, and last decade. So many people, you're, you're, most people, the reason we're so dysfunctional, we haven't dealt with the hurts we got before the age of seven. By the age of seven, a man's character is formed. By the age of seven, a woman's character is formed. It's been proven. So we spend the rest of our life trying to fix what wasn't right before we were seven. And some people just give up. They just drag it and carry it. And they go through heartbreak and disaster after disaster. But you know what? Commitment to God means I repent. In other words, it means I give it to you. I can't carry it. There's things that, you know, hits my mind, and I just say, well, Lord, I remember I committed that to you a long time ago, so enemy's trying to get back in my mind over here. He said, don't worry about it. No weapon forms you. against you will prosper. No fiery dart will come through your shield of faith. You've got to have faith to know when you committed it to him, it's finished. Let me end with this. You, you know, well, I won't do it, but... If you've been to a funeral and someone's laying there and they've passed away, right? And right there. They're resting in peace, they say. Right? Because to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. <clears throat> Do you know most people never rest in true peace until they pass on? They never rest in true peace until they pass on. And it's not God's fault. It's definitely not God's plan. 
That's not his will. He said, be ye not formed this world, but be ye transformed what? by the renewing of your mind to his good and acceptable and perfect will. There, there's one will. It's good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. Not acceptable to you, but to him. And we're spending our entire life trying to grapple with how God wants me to perceive him and my life. Are you going to allow God to create your perception of you? Are you going to allow God to stamp you with the identity that you need or are you still trying to build your own reputation? You're going to let God build your career and just use you to build it or are you going to try to build it? You're going to try to build that business yourself or are you going to have the character of God leading you and guiding you? So if he says stop that one and start this one, you'll be able to do it. See, we're married to a lot of things other than our spouse. We can be married to our egos, our looks, our bank account. Or we can be married to not having a good bank account, and it's always a pity party. Oh, yeah, you may. I'll take that if they don't want that. What's that? But me, big too. Yeah. The reason they call it a mindset, it's like setting concrete. It's hard. It's a bunch of powder, a bunch of stuff, and it got liquefied, and then it become like a rock. And when your mind is set on something, that's your limit. No one can limit you but you. Every head bowed and every eye closed here and at home. <clears throat> I want to ask you, is your mind set? <clears throat> See, it's good to have your mind set. It just needs to be set on him. <clears throat> set on his word, his way, his will, not your word, your way. It's good to be set, to be committed to Him. Committed to what He says about you. So when you're committing to something, you can be like, I feel like a loser. Then you go in the Bible and find where it says you're a winner, and you commit to that. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't turn people away with unbelief. They turned themselves away. Do you know a liar only lies to you not to convince you? They lie to you to convince themselves because they're so miserable for being a liar. Be untruthful. <clears throat> so when I commit something to God and I'm dealing with inferiority thoughts or oh, I'm a loser, I should have made a better decision. How stupid am I? What, what am I thinking? Then I got to find in the Word a scripture, a verse, something that, that, that says the opposite. And that's what I commit to God. God, I'm going to commit my life to what you said about me, not what circumstances say, not what people say. God, I'm going to commit to what you said about me beyond what I even say about myself. I choose your belief system over my belief system. I choose your way over my way. I choose your plan over my plan. I choose your pursuit over my pursuit. I, I choose your goal over my goal. Use me, Lord. Make me a difference. When I get to heaven, I'll get a crown thousands of souls behind me because I made a difference. Let me take my intellect, my health, my resources, everything I have, everything I am to make a difference for you. A real difference for you. I want to ask you right now, Anyone here under the sound of my voice, you at home, and somebody could look online for me and let me know as well. You say, I need to come home to Christ. Maybe you're far away from Christ. You just need to come home. You just, you're miserable. Come on, man, you know it stinks. I've been there. It's awful to know the presence of the Holy Spirit and the peace of God, to be in, orient, in the right orientation, right, to be aligned. And then for, to choose to walk away from God to the point when the Spirit of God you don't even sense or feel anymore. That's the most long. It's one thing to not taste it, na never taste it. But man, once you've tasted it and you lose it, oh mercy, it's a thousand times. So I ask all of you at home, work, all of you in here today on the count of three, say, I want to come home. Maybe you're coming home to Christ for the first time, or maybe you're just coming home, you're far away, you just need to come home. You need to rededicate. You need to just get back in God's plan. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you wherever you are. One, two, three.
I, I just want to recommit, God. I just want to get close again. I just want to be close again. You online, just make sure you text in there. Yes, I want that. Yes, I want that. Yes, I need that. Yes, I got to have that. That's you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give it just a few seconds. Anyone responding right now online that they're saying, yes, I need you, Lord. I want you. You know, I'm going to go out and pray that prayer anyway. Maybe you didn't have the courage to raise your hand or step out. Maybe they didn't have the courage to hit yes. Maybe somebody's going to read it, go watch the show two days from now. And they need to say yes. So let's say this prayer together, all of us. Dear Heavenly Father, I repent of sin. I repent of my way. I choose your way. I choose your life over my life. Today, Jesus Christ, become the Lord of my heart. I receive your blood to atone my sin. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give God a shout. <clears throat> now I pray this prayer. Just everybody bow your heads again. I want to pray this prayer. And you look at me. I want to see how many of you right now feel like you're living in a out of alignment. You feel like you're disoriented. Just wave at me right now. You're disoriented. Hands are going up to all of you. I, I would say you don't have to raise your hands if you don't want to. But I can tell you right now, 85% of the people in this room are living in disorientation. Not necessarily in your marriage or not necessarily in your finances, not necessarily in your health. We're dealing with disorientation, aren't we? We're dealing with things because we don't understand what's happening with the economy, what's going on with the politics. It's crazy. We may understand it. We just don't like it. The media, you know, health, all these things, violence, all this stuff. We don't understand it. And it, it makes us feel like, man, we don't have our feet on the ground. We feel like we're just, what's today? It's not what news do you hear today. It's what news you heard this hour. So I want to pray right now for all of us that feel disoriented, those online as well. Lord, I just thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. I thank you for your joy right now, Lord. We just receive it. It's your fruit. Stir up fruit, the fruit of joy, love, peace, hope, faith, and patience in us right now. I come against fear. I come against depression and addiction and all manner of diseases. I bind it in Jesus' name. Stir up gifts in us, God. Stir up your word, your revelation. Give us the right perception so we can perceive you correctly so we can live the best life you have for us because we can make a difference in more people's lives if we are. And we give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Sure do love you. God bless you. Here's some. That's somebody else.